Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. So often in our society, that narrative is pushed, right? Of that instant gratification. That's not true. That's a lie. And you would not appreciate it if it came easy and quickly. You will only appreciate it if you put in the work and do the work needed to get to where you want to be. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast about helping you pursue and achieve your dreams without compromising your faith, your family, or your health. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, we're going to have a conversation with Seth Breeze. Seth Breeze is a U.S. Air Force veteran and founder of the Patriot Radio Network, and we just met up in a Christian podcasting group and just decided to have a conversation about what we do to seek wisdom from those who have gone before us. And maybe that's what you're doing right now as well. How do you learn about somebody who has had a successful marriage if you haven't had one yet? How do you learn about somebody who has a successful career in the field you're in or in the field that you're interested in going into? How do you kind of wrap around this meaning of this thing called life that we're all living? So, We just share with you some of the ways that we go out into the world searching for wisdom in all the right places. So sit back and relax unless you're throwing darts at a gnome in the yard. Uh, In that case, you know, be careful because that could be dangerous and you might get somebody who's walking by or somebody's puppy and that's not good. So here we go. All right. Hey, Seth, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to continue our conversation. You were on my show and here I am. Thank you for having me. And yeah, let's get started. Yeah. And for those who don't know, uh, I met Seth through a Christian podcasters group and he is pulling together a podcast that uh, showcases folks who have learned from other people's wisdom, other people's knowledge. So he's gathering wisdom from others and putting a show together for that. And I got to be one of the first guests on that show. And we got to talk and I said, you know what, we got to get on here because there are men out there who are looking for wisdom as well. And sometimes they find it, sometimes they find it in the wrong places, uh, which I guess would be that they don't find it. They're, they're finding information in the wrong places they think is wisdom, but may not be. So there we go. So that's it. Hey, Seth. (laughs) Um, Now, one of the things that uh, came up that we have in common is that we both served in the military. I was in the army from like 99 to 2003. You were in the Air Force. And just by you saying that, I automatically got jealous of you and you forgave me. Uh, (laughs) And you were in from, I think, 2005 to about, was it 2016 or 17? Yeah, 2017. So 12 years. Uh, You know, you did 12 years in the Air Force. Uh, what are some of the, the wisdom pieces or wisdom nuggets you gained out of just your time in this, the service with the Air Force? You do what you can where you're at for as long as you're there. And just know that, you know, that's, that's, it's really that easy. And I've taken that from my military experience and I've applied that to the rest of my life. And there, it's no big secret. There's no Navy SEAL trick, right? Yeah. They, you know, Cause that's what sells <laughs> the books and, and, you know, Navy SEALs guide to holding your breath and, and yeah. Delta force guide to uh, cooking carrots and, you know, whatever it is, uh, it's really, it's nothing really that complicated. It's, uh, it's, 
really, it's just, yeah, that's what I learned is you do what you can where you're at for as long as you're there. And if you kind of keep that, then you've really learned everything there is to know. You know, here's the, I guess, the the mindset shift for somebody who feels stuck in a rut at work. What if I took ownership of where I am right now and then used what I have right now where I am and made the most of it? You are exactly where you're supposed to be right now. And often it does not feel like that. And I know that more than anybody. And I don't know if you've done any Enneagram work or not, um, if you're familiar with that, but it's a personality test and it's super accurate. So for me, I'm an Enneagram seven, right? That's the enthusiast. And when we are stressed, we want to run away, right? And then you learn some new experience, become somebody new. And it's so incredibly difficult for me to just be still. I just have a restless spirit and I, I'm wired that way. And I bring in so many of my military experiences and then childhood experiences before that. So I'm really working on just being still and reminding myself that there is a reason why I'm here right now. And it's not just me passing through life, waiting for something better. Like this is my life, right? And I need to live my life right now and not have my mind in some future state, right? And that's incredibly hard for me to do that. And it's almost a fasting in a sense, right? Because you can fast from food, uh, liquor, pornography. I'm fasting from bad habits of, you know, lifestyle. Uh, and, and it's really difficult for me, but I fail <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I come back and then I restart, you know, and then I'm, I'm trending upwards though, but it's very much a, a spiritual thing. That's, that's part of that. Yeah. And when you say bad habits and you're fasting from them, what are some of the things you do to, to do that? So, I suffer from chronic boredom, kind of from leaving the military, right? And so work is hard for me because, you know, six months, I'm good. After six months, like I'm ready to do something different, right? But it is extremely difficult to be quote unquote successful, right? In the real world where, you know, you want to go do something different every six months. And in the military, you know, that's kind of normal because you can PCS here, you can take that TDY there, you might go out in the field, you might deploy for a year, whatever, right? In the civilian world, they expect you to stay put and they expect you to stay put for long periods of time. And that is so difficult for me. So I'm trying to fast from, I guess, that addiction, right? Of needing that new stimulus, uh, and it very much is an addiction for me. And I'm trying to fast from that and teach myself how to have roots and teach myself how to live my life where I'm at and not constantly be searching for that next thing. Yes, that is me. If there's not a crisis, mm-hmm. I I need one. Uh, Do you find that you create crisis so that you satisfy, you know, that thing in you that needs to fix crises, right? Do you, do you ever catch yourself in that mode? I haven't gotten there. No. Um, but I will start looking for it. I'll start, um, you know, just shooting the breeze with people and identifying what problems they have. And then I just jump into their business. Um, I've gotten better <laughs> at it being 45 years old now and having been a civilian for gosh, since 2003, uh, I've, I've learned how to do it without stepping on toes. 
and be more of a value. So that's, that's a bit trickier. And I think one of the things there was, um, realizing I don't have to step in and take charge of somebody else's project, but jumping in, being helpful and then backing off. I've, I've learned to do over time. Yeah, no, that's, that's a very good thing. You know, it's, it's easy for us to try to jump in and take charge because that's what we're used to and that's what we're taught to do. But it's important to also, um, lead from a different way, not necessarily from the front, but, you know, kind of leading from the back and then helping people push, you know, them in a direction they need to go, uh, without necessarily making it about us uh, (laughs) and becoming that sergeant. Now you've got three podcasts going on right now. And the one we were talking about a moment ago that I got to interview for that you're about to launch, uh, in the near future is about wisdom. What was going on in your life that made you say, you know what? I, I want to interact with other folks and see how, what kind of wisdom they've gathered over the years. I feel that I need to surround myself with wise people in order to extract those little nuggets. And personally, it's, it's for my own benefit, but also the benefit of others. So when I grew up, I did not come from a strong family. Uh, I definitely did not come from a Christian family. Uh, had a broken home. You know, we were moving every six months. I had zero stability. I had no older men or older people in my life in general to guide me, to mentor me, to provide me any kind of structure or any kind of stability. And I was just completely just wayward and relates to what we were talking about earlier. You know, I, I bring that with me uh, wherever I go. So I realize at a certain point that, you know, I need to kind of make an effort, right? To, to overcome that a little bit. I'm always going to have what they call, you know, the father wound, right? which is where if you don't have a strong father, you kind of look for one uh, all over the place. And I totally recognize that, you know, I've done a lot of, of soul work with that, but I'm still attracted to this idea of wisdom. And partially, you know, it's from that broken place. But then also, you know, for me, it's just a topic that I'm just interested in, in general, because I see the need in so many other people too. Uh, we as a society, we are into get rich quick. We're into four steps to do this and we're into overnight, uh, overnight success, right? And that's not really the way it works. And we, we want everything. We want it right now. We can Google anything. So we don't really need to know anything because information's at our fingertips. But what we're missing is we're missing those real true pieces of wisdom that you can't get online, right? You can get facts online, right? If you want to know uh, the weather tomorrow or anything in the world, you can just Google it. But there's no real replacement for that age old passed down wisdom that you get from just talking to people, right? And you can you can look up things that are wise that really wise people have said, but it's different to to really read about that afterwards compared to sitting with somebody and absorbing that in real time. And there's just no replacement for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think with each of those media, you, you lose a layer of context. You know, if you, if you hear the quote, you're getting that wisdom in its most stripped down cliche type of form. If you want to learn about somebody, gain some wisdom from somebody or knowledge from somebody who has gone before you read their book. You know, a lot of folks have autobiographies and biographies out there. Read that book. Yet 
you know, if the person's dead, then of course you can't just sit next to them and talk to them, but you can connect with the people who are part of that person's legacy. You know, somebody who learned from the person who learned from the person in a sense. Um, and yeah, when you get to actually sit down with somebody though, you learn the way they speak that you, you start to learn where they come from in terms of, you know, their lives, their background, what really makes them tick, their values. And so then when you go back, so now that you know the person and then you hear the quote, you now know that quote in the context of the person's whole life. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into Show, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Show is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. You know, for me, it... It has been difficult, but I'm at a place now where, you know, I I feel like God puts you in situations in order to teach you things that you need to know. And sometimes you didn't know you needed to learn those things. And sometimes you do, and you were just resisting, you know, like today we were at a, a small group and that's something I absolutely need, right? Because I crave community. I crave that close bond with people, but there's something in me that resists that. (laughs) And so, yeah, I have a way of just finding myself defaulting into situations that I, I would personally resist, but I know it's God basically just kicking me in the backside and just like, go already, (laughs) go do that thing. Like get in there, (laughs) stop backing out. I need you there. Kind of goes back to what you'd said, uh, one of the lessons you learned from the Air Force, you know, do what you can with what you have where you are right now. And, you know, a group like that, that is meant to kind of sharpen you and make you a, a better man in a sense. You know, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's like, get and there. It, it's one of those things, you know, that you, if you would ask me two years ago, if I would be involved in something like that, the answer would be no way. Right. And, and it's not because I didn't want to, I really wanted to, there was just something in me that was just had a wall up. Right. And that wall had to come down before I could be open to those experiences. And those kind of things just take time, you know, and it's, it's never one big thing. It's always just a series of small little breadcrumbs that you follow. And this thing leads to that thing, leads to that conversation, leads to that door opening that you didn't even know existed. And you walk through it and here's this whole world that you didn't even think would ever be applicable to you, but there you are. And it's just, it's that next right thing. What was the the real life experience you had that did take you down that trail that podcasting actually <clears throat> I was 2017 I left the military and I was in a really rough spot that transition for me was just 
super rough and it was the lowest part of my life. And I was having all kinds of, you know, regrets from leaving the military and what do I do now? And I have all this freedom and I have no idea what to do. And I was working at a job where I was just miserable. Right. And I hated it. I hated the job. I hated my life and I was treading water. And then I, I was like, I got to do something, right? And I, I had been trying to get out of there and apply for different jobs and nobody would hire me. And then I ended up volunteering at a local nonprofit. I saw a flyer at the vet center and they needed volunteers to just go and meet with like old veterans in nursing homes. I was like, oh, I can do that. And then I got in there and I was just like, wait, I really like this. I, I love being around like these old guys, these Vietnam and World War II vets. And I just like talking to them. Interesting stories. They're always got some kind of good advice. They've always got some kind of humor, right? These guys, you know, been through the ringer and yet mm-hmm. they're, they're jovial, right? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting for me to, to kind of process that. And that kind of led to me starting a podcast and this was one of like the early, early days of my podcast journeys. And, you know, I started interviewing some of these guys and just hearing their story. And, and that led me to interviewing a woman at church who had a nonprofit, which was helping homeless veterans. And that interviewed led to me being asked to be on the board of directors for that nonprofit. <laughs> and then through that, I just met a ton of other people. And then uh, through that, I just had a ton of experiences. And they all just kind of build upon each other to create this life that you never would have thought was possible when you were down in the dumps, right? When you're, when you're struggling through it and it feels like it's hopeless, you can never imagine how good life could be. But for me, I kind of had to take that first step of what am I going to do now? What's the next right thing? Like, yes, I want to reinvent my whole life because I'm miserable. That's that's an that's a noble desire when you're feeling that way, but like that's not realistic. But what's the one thing you can do just right now to improve your life? And I realized for me, I needed something to get excited about, right? And it could not be anything uh, within myself. It had to be something outside of myself, right? So I needed to find something to do to get my mind around, to get me going someplace, to talking some people, to get out of my inner hell I was in, right? And I never in a million years would have imagined that that one little flyer I picked up at the vet center would have led me to be on the path I'm in right now where I'm doing podcasts, I'm having really interesting conversations with people who are Christians and and veterans and non-veterans and uh, the opportunities that have come from just taking those small little steps and not really knowing where they're going to lead, but just being open to the experiences. uh, It's just been really incredible. I think what blows my mind is you change any one of those steps on that journey you've had so far. And your trajectory is a completely different direction. And um, I guess for somebody who's stuck in a rut right now, they would, you know, now would be the opportunity to take a different step. You know, kind of look back and say, what is, what are these steps that I'm taking over and over and over again that have got me trapped in this rut? If I really want to blaze my own path, make my own way a different direction, 
then what is, you know, like you said, what is that one step, that one thing I could do that really changes that trajectory? And so, yeah, then you could look back and you realize this step you took today was the one that shifted things or shifted everything, um, at least was the first step of many that shifted everything. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no shortcuts either, right? Yeah. It's going to be a million steps. There is no button you can push, no program you can buy. There's no supplement you can take. There's no advice out there that will instantly change your life. And so often in our society, that narrative is pushed, right? Of that instant gratification. That's not true. That's a lie. And you would not appreciate it if it came easy and quickly. You will only appreciate it if you put in the work and do the work needed to get to where you want to be. And you know what? Where you want to be right now, there's a 75% chance that's not where you're going to end up. That doesn't mean you failed. It just means that you don't have a crystal ball, right? And we idealize these future states And our ego tells us that we need to go be this person or do that thing, but God has a different plan. And sometimes you are called to go do things like be a teacher, be a missionary or whatever. And that's cool. But a lot of times you end up doing something that you didn't even think about, right? And you just got to roll with that and just realize that you're being led and all you got to do is kind of get moving. And if you have God in your heart, and if you're following those breadcrumbs, then you're going to go down a path that you need to go down. And it might not look like the thing you have designed in your head or planned out on a business plan. And that's okay. Yeah. How many people have you come across as you're gathering, you know, wisdom from others, uh, also came across the same path, you know, the same aha moment that where I'm going to be from, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now may not be the place I'm aiming for right now. Uh, but then being okay with it. I think almost everybody, I mean, I've talked to so many guys who are, who are in their element and they're just going through their life and you, they're just doing their thing. Right. And it's natural for them. They don't have to think about it. They don't dread getting up in the morning. It's not something that they have to necessarily grind away at. So I'm always interested in that. I get so frustrated because I talk to these guys. I'm like, all right, what'd you do to get there? They're like, I don't know, man, just kind of fell into it. (laughs) And I get so mad because like, I want to reverse engineer stuff. Right. And I want to, I want a blueprint. I want to have a repeatable process and I want to test this with the scientific method. Well, you can't, you know, because they're like, yeah, you know, I just, I kind of just started working here and then I met that guy and then I met that guy over there and then I took this job and then I ended up buying this business and kind of just worked out, kind of just fell into it. And that's 90% of the people I talk to is some version of that. And it's literally just them living their life at the best of their ability and just kind of letting God steer the ship, I guess. I was, I was just thinking, I wonder how much having a spirit of gratefulness and contentment got them there. You know, that being content with where they are in the moment, uh, being grateful for it, but then also, you know, being hungry enough that when they saw an opportunity in front of them, let me explore that. Let me check that out. Uh, there's a book a friend of mine told me about called, I think it's the, the scout mindset. Um, I haven't read it yet, but she told me I need to read it. So, uh, I might just steal her copy when she's not looking. I don't know. No, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It's it's a mindset thing. And I don't mean that in in any kind of like program that, that I'm, you know, 
pitching because there's so many of those right now. And you get kind of inundated with, you know, mindset for this and mindset for that. And then back to that Navy SEAL mindset. Yeah. It <laughs> always just kind of grinds my gears a little bit, but it's more simple than that really. Cause you know, you, you focus on what's good. You focus on what's positive. Right. And then you follow kind of that biblical pattern of having a, a heart of gratitude and joy. And you're absolutely right. Things will kind of just work out and objectively they work out, but then also subjectively, you just don't self-sabotage when things do work out. So, so often we're in the place we need to be, but you know, that thing in us, you know, it's the ego or maybe it's sin or maybe it's, you know, Satan whispering in our ear or whatever it is that, that makes us want more or different, you know? And I'm speaking from experience (laughs) here because I'm that guy and I am very much trying to, to wrestle with that. Uh, you know, that spirit of contentment, if you have that, if you can be as happy as being a janitor versus being the CEO then I think you've probably figured it out. And one thing I was able to say that does not drive me is a title. You know, um, I, I don't know my boss listens to the show, but I mean, if he changed my title today, but the work was still the same and the paycheck, uh, <laughs> I'd be okay. Cause it's the work that drives me. It's the, the responsibility that I'm given that drives me and excites me and, and it's growing me. And that was, that was the deal that, you know, I would, take on an opportunity that would grow me uh, while also pouring back into the organization. And uh, so far, so good. You know, we're both living up to the the agreement and uh, I'm loving it. You have found the second half of life, right? So there's a, a good book that's been written on this called the, the Two Mountains, I believe. And then Richard Rohr, a famous Catholic um, author, he talks about the, the first and the second half of life here can be described as the first mountain or the second mountain. So the first half of life is checking the boxes, right? And that's building the container. And that's job, school, career. Uh, it can be children. It can be you know, getting married, climbing the corporate ladder, those types of things, right? The, the stereotypical society check marks. The second half of life is when all that fades away and you start actually living your life, right? And filling that container that you've built up. Uh, and a lot of people never get to that second half of life. Really? So they spend their lives in the first half where it's, you know, the societal boxes, the the paychecks and the titles and the promotions and the cars and the houses and, and those things. And they never really have that thing that happens to them, which invites them into that second half of life. And from our previous conversation, you were invited into that because you were in the army and you talked about, you know, your struggles there and then not being a Christian. And then, you know, that desire of family and then becoming a Christian. So you were invited into that second half of life right there. Right. And then that, that was it for you. And then you've been on that path, you know, ever since then, you know, for me, it was the same. It was for me when I left the military and I hit that rock bottom phase is when the first half of life ended and the second half of life started for me. And that's awesome but it's kind of scary. (laughs) And the problem with that is 
for men, you almost have to die in order for you to make that transition. It's not something you just wake up into one day. Like it takes a serious life changing event of some kind for men because we're stubborn. If we're not literally at the point of death, at least having that realization that I'm going to die someday. And what, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? And that was, that was a realization I had, uh, when I was in the army, but also even after I got out. So, you know, a couple, a couple of firefights in a country called Iraq, you know, that, that was kind of a partial wake up call. And then, um, yeah, coming home, holding my baby girl for the first time. She was three months old, uh, seeing my son. He was almost two years old. Um, I was at a point where I could reenlist and just keep going down the military path and, you know, that was actually one option. So it was just, uh, there's another episode that I just recorded with somebody where we talked about like values and knowing your core values will really help you make the decisions that you're going to be comfortable with and happy with uh, and content with in life. And it can take a long time. <clears throat> I think it takes about three years for you to, to kind of wear the shock off and then kind of start having a little bit of an idea of what you're trying to do with your life uh, post-military. But to your point though, yeah, I mean, you realized that you had values that maybe you weren't in touch with before. And then you realized that you had to start living in accordance with those values, right? And you, you valued that time with your family. You valued being a husband, you valued being a father. And it's hard to be a husband and father and be a family man if you're in Iraq or Afghanistan or Syria or <laughs> wherever it is nowadays. So yeah, it, it's all interesting because there's so much work that you can do to understand your values, your strength, your personality, but really nobody really knows about that. Nobody really does that, you know, and I think the Christians kind of do a good job of, of talking about those kinds of things, but these are things that really should be taught in school, right? It should be institutionalized. Like, who are you? How do you process information? What do you value? What do you like? What do you dislike? What are you good at? What are you not good at? Yeah. And I recently had experience of a lifetime. I went to a place called Camp Southern Ground, which was in Georgia. And it was started by uh, Zach Brown of the Zach Brown Band. Okay. And what it is, is it's a, it's a camp. And nine months out of the year, they do veterans uh, groups. And three months out of the year, it's an inclusive kids camp. And this place is like world-class. You should look it up. It's, it's incredible. So I got invited out there. It's all expenses paid. They fly you out there. And then you spend a week in, for that entire week. You're talking about your your Enneagram personality. You're talking about your strengths. You're talking about your weaknesses. Uh, you're talking about you know your your mental, your physical, and your community and your uh, financial well being, right? And it's just a week to focus on those things that almost nobody has the time to focus on. Yeah, and to be able to do that for an entire week while also being fed like gourmet food by Zach Brown's personal chef. Uh, oh man, <laughs> it was a life changing experience. Uh, and something like that should really be institutionalized, not just for veterans, but for people in general, right? You know, who are you? What are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? Okay. Well, let's think about that when we go make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my last semester of my bachelor's program. So as a senior, uh, every senior is required to go through this course. It was called mentorship three, uh, cause there were two mentorship sessions. Um, I didn't understand the mentorship part because we weren't paired with a mentor. It was just a series of lectures to make you think. So mentorship three had really one question for the whole semester. And that was, what does success look like for you? 
and you spent the whole semester discussing what does success look like? You know, how do you measure it? How do you know you're going to reach it? And it was a confusing question for everybody in that room because we all thought what they meant was, you know, financially, what does success look like? You know, what kind of house? What kind of car? Where am I going to live? What, uh, and this was the mind blowing thing. They, they didn't care about any of that. They were like, no, how do you know, like when you're on your deathbed that you, you succeeded in life? And I was just like, wow. But of course I was, you know, 22 year old kid. I was just like, what do I need to say to get an A in this class and get out of here? <laughs> and so I didn't give it that much thought then. But of course, after four more years in the army, it's, you know, as I'm getting out of the army that those questions resurfaced. And, uh, you know, it's, I think you're right. You know, that if our schools aren't doing it, then maybe at least in our families, at some point as fathers, we ask our kids, what do you want to do in life? Like when you're my age, you know, old. I just did air quotes because my kids think I'm old. But when you're old like me, where do you want your life to have gone? And be okay with their answers. You know, Don't judge them. Don't tell them what they ought to do. Just give them the room to have that conversation, You know, to, to think it out loud. Um, and if they come in with the typical teenage answer, I don't know, what would it be if you didn't know? And just sit back and listen. So you've been collecting these stories, but what have been some some other ahas? There we go. I'll say it that way. Some other ahas that have come to the forefront as you've been talking to other folks. One of the big things for me is, you know, really just kind of getting in tune with with my inner desires as as far as why I want to have these conversations. And, you know, I didn't really know how to articulate it. I didn't really know how to get in touch with that with that inner feeling and that inner drive. But for me, that inner drive was there's a I guess there's a a hole in my soul I'm trying to fill, right? Because I grew up kind of feral and I didn't really have, you know, strong men in my life to to teach me and guide me and mentor me. So there is a desire for me to fill that void now. And also I I recognize that there's not going to be any person that can fill that void, right? Because ultimately that void will only come through healing and God will do that healing, right? There's no person on earth that you will go to who's a guru and say, sit down sensei. And you know, like <laughs> you go through this whole movie type uh, Batman training, yeah. whatever. Like, I know, as much you. as I want that to be true, that's not how it works. And, and God puts people in your lives, right? And those people are put there for a reason. And you get a little bit from this person and a little bit from that person. And then, you know, they'll steer you towards an idea or maybe they'll teach you something about the Bible, right? That, you know, God wants you to learn. And I think if you're going into it for the right reasons uh, and you're keeping God in the middle of this thing, then he'll, like what we talked about, he'll point you in the direction you need to go. And, you know, there's healing for those broken parts of us and it comes from God and sometimes he uses people, but you got to remember that, you know, God's in the middle of it, right? And, and you're not in the middle of it. And yeah. the people you talk to uh, are really just there to help, but they're not the, uh, the sensei that you're really looking for. Now, let's see, you're married, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have kids yep. or no kids? Yet? I got two kids. I got a five-year-old girl and a two-year-old boy. Oh, there you go. Oh, little. Gosh. My little babies are 19 and 18. And <laughs> the, the baby girl, the 18-year-old is about to graduate high school. Um, so how have you seen your, your fatherhood um, approach change as you've been on this journey? 
Yeah. So it was overwhelming at first, uh, completely overwhelming. You know, when you first have a child, everything is scary. Every little noise they make. Um, and you're just, you're petrified because you don't know what to do. And then when you have your second child, like you chill out a little bit, but then you, you kind of start thinking about the kind of dad you want to, right. How do you want to be remembered? Uh, when, when you die and you're mm. old, Really old, not Jerry old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Yeah, like, like oh, there's a knife old. in my chest. Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, old old. No, I'm pulling that knife out. You know, you're because I'm 34. You know, you you know, you're not that much older than me. When I'm I'm talking like 90, right? When you're when you're old, you know, what what do you want to be remembered for? You know, and do you want to be the the suit and tie guy who made a million dollars for your company the day he died, or you know, do you want to be the guy who was a good dad? you know, who made it to every baseball game, who took your kids on vacations, who picked your kids up from school, who maybe let them play hooky every now and then and you guys went to the park or did something fun. Do you want to be, you know, a good husband? You know, the guy who loves his wife, the guy who goes out of his way to show affection, or do you want to be the guy who is stuck, who's unhappy, who is looking for distractions away from his unhappiness, who is chasing things that are, you know, ego driven, right? Or do you want to be that intentional person, right? And you get to choose, you know, you can have it one way or another. If you don't choose, the choice will be made for you. You're not going to default into that position of the good husband and the good father. You're just not, you have to be intentional. And that's the number one thing. If you're intentional, then you're probably going to be all right. Right. If your if your heart's in the right place and you're trying, you're gonna do okay. You're probably gonna do better than what you even think you're gonna do. <laughs> you know, because we put so much pressure on ourselves. But you know, it's if you're intentional about it, if you are doing it for the right reasons, you're gonna be just fine. Now, any final words of wisdom for folks before we sign off? Just keep the faith. You know, if you uh that's kind of been the theme of this one, right? If, if you are genuinely searching for the truth with an open heart and you have God as your compass, you will go where you need to go. You will find the things you need to find. Uh, you will meet the people you need to meet and God will lead you to where he needs you. And when you're there, just go with it. Nice. Awesome. Seth, it's been awesome to have you on to have this conversation and I'm excited to see where uh, God takes both your shows and mine uh, in the future. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me on. It's been fun. So you heard from Seth and I, as we talked about how the power of podcasting has brought us in front of people who have gone before us, who have done the very things that we're seeking to accomplish in life, that having conversations with veterans, people who we tend to write off uh, because they're in a senior citizen home, we can find is serving them and having conversations with them that they have so much insight to pour into our own lives. So don't underestimate the power of conversation with somebody because you never know. You may just unveil the insight you really need for where you are in life. Now, the best way that you can pay this show back is to pay it forward. Hit the share button on whatever device you're listening to this on. And share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street whom you feel will get a lot of value out of this just like you have. You can also check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 289. There you'll find a link to Seth's podcast network. 
You can find some notes about this episode, some resources, related episodes, that kind of thing. You could also go to beyondtherut.com slash goals. And there you'll find yourself with a free tool you can download to help you plan the life you want to live beyond the rut. Now, I'm glad you joined me this week. I look forward to joining you again next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.